to enter the elf tree. Hi there. What's happening? Let's try it again. Let's start over again. No, Sorry. No, we, our, uh, no, I'm gonna... That was the way we needed to come in because sometimes we're not supposed to be like we're <sighs> jumping off the cliff at the same time. You're right. You're right. This <laughs> this time we we definitely stumbled. One of us hesitated. One of us hesitated and <laughs> flopped and, uh, and dragged sadly. the other one across like like over the <laughs> over the edge. <laughs> Hitting all the uh, the bluffy edges. It was me. All the way down. I'll admit it was me. Okay. <clears throat> I'm Ian. And I'm Joe. And hi, dear world. We're back. What is happening? We're, I mean, we're back every week. Well, yes, but it feels like an eternity because I don't know if you listen to podcast shows on a rag. A week is a long time between shows whenever you're listening to something. On the rag? That's on the rag. Oh, rag. Regular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, when you're right. listening to shows on the rag. Yeah, yeah. Not on the rag. Yeah, right. But you could. I mean, they, I mean people can. That's a. Is I that mean, an offensive term? No. I mean, it's just kind of a more. Uh, Street name for it, I guess. Oh, some, okay. Or it's something people introduced in probably books. Knock, knock, knock. You get some some people on your at your doors like, what the hell are you talking about? Street. Dude, it's <sighs> probably started from womanizers and stuff. You know what I mean? Like Britney Spears. She was on the rag. I don't know. Like, where the hell would that come from? Like, why is it called a rag? Well. It's just a rag, I guess, is it what it was translated might have been to, right? In it, back in the day. Because you're on the actual, we should cut all this out because <laughs> this it's gross. Is, this is gross. No, it's not gross. It's a beautiful thing because it's part of the uh, female uh, anatomy. But it's probably not the wisest for two gentlemen to <laughs> go down that road because no. we, you know uh, we don't ha- we don't have vaginas. It's true. So there are better. I'm glad experts. it's been officially documented on high dare. <laughs> Joe and I, vaginaless. Yeah, exactly. Yes. So we are not going to deliver vagina monologues. No, no, definitely not. Um, no, 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 definitely. I would try though. Definitely not. No, no, definitely not. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to book a theater and just do male vagina monologues. Mangina monologues. Mangina monologues. I bet you we could, we could probably Google somebody might've written a play. Mangina logs. The mangina, well. The mangina logs. Well, but I mean, it's the (laughs) vagina monologues. It's two words. I mean, you'd have to make it the mangina monologues, right? That's true. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, well, we'll think about this one. We'll see what our budgets. Uh, yeah, yeah. What we we'll have see. in our budgets. We'll see what do we <laughs> what we can spend our 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 liquid income. Dude, freaking! Uh, we were talking about uh, that show Narcos the other day. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I found this crazy article just talking about you know Instagram how there's like all these popular hashtags and you can go in and you see all these rich people taking pictures. Yeah. A lot of times you don't realize going through some of those fucking people are are drug cartel family people. They've just got so much money. They're, they've kind of integrated themselves in the social networking okay. world. Well, I mean, they're just, it's just these people. Like it's these people on their personal accounts, not necessarily conducting their business, but flaunting the lifestyle. Yeah. The lifestyle. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, they'll take pictures in front of, you know, Ferrari or Lamborghinis, Ferraris, and then there's like a lion or tiger or whatever. But on, that was a picture I saw in this article, but um, dude, it's oh. been crazy. Coming across this shit. This stuff has been arriving in my world the last week. Stuff about the, the like drug cartel families and lifestyles well, and stuff just, like that? It's interesting. I don't know how the algorithms with the internet work, but I've started watching that show Narcos on yes. Netflix. I watched the whole series. Um, it was just, I binged it at night. I would just watch two episodes, go to bed, nice. do it the next night, go to bed. Nice. Real late shit. But um, I got through it and... They talk to you, they show you kind of both sides of the coin the, from okay. the cartel side and then from the people who investigate <coughs> these, trying to bring them to justice, quote unquote. Well, the DEA agents. Yes. It's yeah. the people who aren't getting a cut of the money. They're losing the money. So now they have to go after whoever's oh, taking the money. So, no. So, okay. So, are the DEA agents part of what you're talking about? Yeah. For the most part, the gist of it is, is all the governments are basically bought out and corrupted by sure. the cartels. They have so much fucking money. Yeah. They've just bought out everything so that they can continue doing what they want to do. Okay. And so the idea is, is they've kind of become so rich, so much money through the drug trade has yeah. left America. Yeah. Now all of a sudden it's like, dude, game on, put a plug in the system. So they're having to go after these cartel members. So you're seeing it from the side. Who's of, they? 
The DEA. DEA, yeah, okay, so the right. DEA going after the cartel, vice versa, the cartel is evading the DEA. Yeah, okay, okay. Um, yeah. But yeah, I came across this article talking about that, but this has happened since I've watched, started watching that show, and I just finished watching the whole series, and I don't know, I just thought it was strange like to come across that, and then I came across a couple other articles that kind of we're talking about the financial industry and shit yeah. like that. Yeah. I know it's weird, kind of weird to talk about, but well, what, um, well, I mean, what's, what's happening now that's kind of related to, to the drug cartels. Exactly. Like why? Okay. What? Well, no, I'm asking. Oh, <laughs> like specifically it would be kind of the corruption that just kind of exists in the overall system that we live in. Sure. It's not necessarily one person or this person or that person. It's just the overall thing that we're built to live in. Yeah. Um, it's just built to be corrupt because it's built by uh, almost a false script, if you make, if that makes sense. It's people literally on a money grab. And yeah. so they're just creating this false reality for right. people to follow, right. if that makes any sense. <laughs> While in turn, everyone's kind of making making it their reality in their own ways, but yeah. still by the same set of cards, if you if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah. These cartel families, they see through it all. They see this, the fact that, you know, all these large corporations in America are making billions, killing people just as, just as much, doing some of the crazy shit they're doing. Like if you think about pharmaceuticals, like the medicines people take, how many people die from one drug every year? You know, it's like they're in this headspace going, which this is how I, I'm thinking about it. Because I'm like, okay, this show, they make you like the cartel family. Okay. At least I did. I, I kind of And that's Pablo Escobar. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the drug cartel, the, drug, yeah. the, the, the kingpin. You know, yeah, that's who we're following in this in this show. Yeah, I, I watched the first episode with you the other day. Yeah, uh, it shows you the great. beginning of how he crafted his his empire, how right. he built it. And, and so, was he eventually president of Colombia? No, he okay. was highly considered, but then uh, some stuff came out about him ah. that kind of damaged his reputation, and he Bummer. wasn't allowed to run, or they weren't allowed to accept his money in campaigning and got stuff it, like that. Got so, it. Got it. Got it. Okay. Yeah. But um, so anyway, it was about him being ousted. He was, you know, his defense, he was a legit entrepreneur who built up his entire c- career. He came from nothing. Yeah. And then he figured out a way uh, through people who were just growing plants out in the fucking woods, how to create a product and bring it into the U.S., which right. is against the law because right. no one's making money off this and right. no one wants you to have a psychedelic that can put you in a headspace that could potentially make you ask questions about the world you're living right, in. Right, right. But eventually... You know, uh, ultimately you see that there's a lot of it is funded through CIA, FBI, like a lot of it. And you see this in the show? Well, like a lot of, from kind of some of the research I've done, a lot of the drug industry has been funded. Like what you, what we would perceive as, oh, these evil cartels are actually being funded through just back to our business through all these things that are helping protect them, such mm-hmm. as DEA when people are freaking, what do you, whatever you call that, somebody who's a rat right. or a mole or I don't know what that is, but right. Um, is this all stuff that we were getting your, that, that we see in the show in Narcos? Yeah. I mean, you're gathering, you're gathering an idea of how these people got away with so much. They got go it. through how they pay off the cops, how they pay off the military. Yeah. And then they essentially u- utilize the legal system to protect themselves. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They use it against the very machine that creates it. Right. Um, and uses it for their own nefarious activities. Right. So it's really interesting, but, um, yeah, I came well, across. Because I mean, yeah, they're taking it through all the checkpoints. They are just also paying off the people who are supposed to be catching stuff at the checkpoints. Exactly. exactly. So I mean, they're doing things according to the letter of the law, but they're also paying off the law, quote exactly. unquote, the law yeah. to to look the other way. So uh, yeah, I mean, I can I can see why it's it's very beneficial for people like that that are running very lucrative industries to have elements of it that are so well run by the book that you're yeah. not looked at. The biggest thing in the, I guess the overall concept behind the whole show um, is, you know, they're, they're overall fighting against extradition because what happens is the U S is going into Mexico yeah. and operating well, Columbia, f- Columbia, sorry, Central America Jeez. flying over. You're going to get some people. Well, they do it there too. I mean, I'm just, it's just, they Oh, do you're it right. Everywhere. They did. You're right. Um, but they go and they fly over and they were gathering information yeah. on these cartel members and finding out where they were to literally just end their business and catch certain people. Obviously, you're trying to take down a organized crime ring. You have right. to spy. But the idea is these guys don't want to leave their homeland. So they're being extradited to the U.S., which be- means they rot in a cell. Yeah. Where 
down in Colombia at the time, these dudes would literally build their own jails. Yeah. And they would just be guarded. You know, they'd be heavily guarded, but they were also living in pretty decent conditions. Mansions and so, stuff, yeah. So they're, they're fighting against the idea. They create this whole war against the idea, against the American DEA. This is all in Narcos. All in Narcos. Nice. Them kind of coming in and overstepping their bounds, trying to take these guys because we because they stole our money. Nice. People bought their product. All of a sudden, uh, we're trying to go pluck them out of their own country and put and rot them right. in jail here, which yes. is way worse than if they're right. in prison down there. So. Yes. No, you're right. It's interesting. So what? Uh, how many episodes is there? Uh, are I think it's twelve this- or something like that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It's great. It's uh, you know it's got a lot of subtitles, but. It goes back right. and forth, you know. You hear both sides of it, so there's. It's a one lot to of pay attention to, yeah. Yeah, it's great though. I think it's filmed just as good, and you know, what's my opinion on this? But I think it's just Ain't as good shit. as. Uh, almost just as good as Breaking Bad, kind of like. Nice. Like I'm invested in all the characters, yeah. And kind of blown away when certain things happened in the show. I was like, whoa, whoa, okay. See, I think it's interesting. Um, the having seen the first half oh no 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 seeing having seen the first episode i'm i would get really invested in the pablo escobar story mm-hmm. um less so right now in the embedded dea agent yeah uh, just because he's a he's a blonde american like i yeah. i'm i'm not all that interested in that particular storyline he yet. is kind of like they were trying to get uh n- not johnny depp uh who's the other guy? ryan gosling no no not him oh gosh uh freaking orlando bloom no, oh my gosh, his his name has just left me. He was in uh, the movie where he ages backwards. Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt. Fucking Brad Pitt. He I don't know why like I had Brad a brain. Pitt? He's kind of like a young version of Brad Pitt trying to be country or have an accent like a. Which which I, I would know. I would call that Ryan Gosling a little bit. Yeah, that's true. I mean, for me, I, I guess I, again I've only watched one episode, but he's that's, good. He gets better. He he grows on you a little bit. It's a little funky, like watching. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, Joshua Jackson and something. Or it's like, like oh, watching Foggy in, in Daredevil. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Dude, oh gosh. So unfortunate that he got such a bad rap because I thought never... his character is his character's absolutely necessary. But I don't know is. if they you know, I've been told that they didn't necessarily execute it very well. Oh, gotcha. Very faithfully well, to the comic books. So I'd be curious as to the people who were directly involved with casting, how they felt about it ultimately. Well, like sure. you get the casting director and be like, do you stand behind all these choices? Because there's gotta be movies that they cast and they're like, fuck, that person did not do the job everyone wanted and it fell on me. Well, they do. I you mean, know? it's, it's, uh, uh, movies like Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. you know, Sam Wise, you know, Gamgee, mm-hmm. Sean Astin, when they selected him, everyone was like, well, well but they, they selected, they selected somebody for, for uh, Strider and then let him go. I'm just kidding. I don't. I have no idea what the process was of them selecting same Samwise. With, uh, same with Eric Stoltz in Back to the Future. He was originally mm. Marty McFly. Wow. Yeah. Dude, what would have happened to Michael J. Fox Michael had that J. happened? Yeah. He would have yeah. gone back in time and changed the whole. Maybe he did. I want to say they they filmed like a third of the movie with no Eric Stoltz. No way. Yeah. Yeah. I did not know this. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was Dude. it was kind of a thing. Little hidden gems. Anything else on that? Uh, Crispin Glover was not actually in the second or third movies. Oh man, the his character in Back to the Future Two is always portrayed upside down, or in flashbacks, like to the original Back to the Future. That's trippy, dude. So Crispin Glover was not actually in there, and he's he uh, was ingrained in a lawsuit with uh, with Universal. Oh, he didn't get any money for his air, his screen time or something. Not in Back to the Future Two, because he he's suing them for his likeness because they created prosthetics and had an actor wear prosthetics to make them look like make him look like Crispin Glover and he was suing them for it. Did he purposefully not do the movie? Like he, did he have a he, quarrel or Yeah, I mean I'm sure he had some some artistic differences and they were like, okay, who you we'll know we're, you not, 20 bucks we're not gonna invite you back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they uh I don't remember how it ended, but I remember he did a, a Reddit AMA and that's where I read the oh, that particular fact. Dang. It was straight from his his mouth. Dude I um could I tell you or could I blow your mind just for a second? Oh, please. I may not. We could cut this out if it's shitty. Okay, so I came across this article um, looking into kind of like stuff that's going on in Wall Street to, you know, a lot of the subjects that we talk about, just the financial industry, certain conspiracy theories, different (laughs) things like that. Ended up uh, coming across this 
um, website that talked about black budgets, like where all this money from the Federal Reserve goes missing. Yeah. People are now uncovering the paper trail that was destroyed during uh, the Oklahoma City bombings. Okay, right. 9-11. Like yeah. These buildings Fight had Club. specific financial information on this black budget paper trail that people yeah. are now piecing together. Right. That worked in all these, you know. Uh, presidential cabinets and shit like that. Like yeah. people legitimately whistleblowing. Oh, uh, I worked here. I mean, I don't know if they're trying to clear their name, um, but talking about trying to find a solution because people see, you know, financial, the financial world, people see a very grim outlook for our U.S. economy um, just based on the way things are built. And so I came across this article randomly by this woman named Ka- uh, Catherine Austin Fitz. Um, she's, okay. the, she's the founder and president of Solari. I I've never even heard of that company, but she served as managing director and member of the board of directors of the Wall Street Investment Bank, Dylan Reed and Company Incorporated. I was working I, I, in the Bush administration. One of the things I discovered was that there was a complete disassociation between the financial statements and how the money worked by place. So let me describe it. When I first, I walked into the, the FHA the first day, And the first thing I did was I read the law related to how the operation worked and what my legal responsibilities as the FHA commissioner was. And the law was very clear. I had fiduciary responsibility personally for the funds. And in the single family fund, which at the time was almost $300 million, I was required to make sure that our revenues were greater than our expenses. We had to run So the premiums covered our operating expenses and any defaults we had on the mortgage insurance. So I called in in sort of my liaison person and I said, I want to see the chief financial officer. They said, we don't have one. I said, well, who who does the financial statements? And they said, oh, we don't have financial statements. So I said, we have a budget. They said, oh, yes, there's a budget office. I said, okay, well, let me see the head of the budget office. So the head of the budget office comes in. And, and I said, okay, um, I, one of the things I, uh, I said, how much are we making or losing every year? He said, that's not in the budget. So I said, well, give me the budget. The budget and the budget justifications come up to here. And, um, and so I'm a speed reader, and I read them four times that weekend. And I couldn't find anything that would inform how much revenues we were getting and what expenses we were spending. And part of the problem was one of the funds has a put to the Congress. So whatever we lose that year, we just send a bill to Congress saying, you have to give us that much money without disclosing where it went. Okay, Lots of situations like this in the government. So so finally, uh, I said, look, I need to talk to the accountants because I need to get into the payment systems and understand, you know, I've got to figure out if I'm complying. And he said, well, the accountants report to another assistant secretary and you're not allowed to talk to them. So I, I, you know, I, and for which I apologized, I had raised a great deal of money for George H.W. Bush, and what I got was I got presidential cufflings, and the accounts moved over to report to me. Because I just called up everybody over at the White House and said, you know, I raised all this money. I want the. So the accountants moved over, and it turned out that we were losing $11 million a day in the single family fund. This was 1989. Can anybody guess? in what two regions, it turns out we're making money in eight regions and losing money in, any, in two regions. Can anybody guess what regions those were? Texas and Colorado, exactly. Okay, black budget, read black budget. So she would get, uh, she would work these contracts or her company would, and she had to basically keep after the money, but she would hit these walls where all of a sudden the money disappeared. There was no way to actually, uh, there was no way to actually account for the cash. So hmm. ultimately it came down on her. So she would hit these walls. She eventually figured out what the, sc- the scam was. Right. Um, so now she's literally dedicated her life to exposing what's going on to a degree. Wow. Talking about, um, uh, for instance, like she says, there may be as much as $100 trillion worth of hardware flying the skies powered by anti-gravity and field propulsion technologies. This has significant implications for the ownership and design of manufacturing and energy infrastructure on planet Earth. It what does also, that mean? It would basically mean, if that's true, if there's literally that much equipment in the air, um, it basically means that 
there's an ungodly amount of people already controlling everything hmm. that are under watch of everything that's going on, right. all operations of our planet, right. which she essentially talks about being in the financial industry, which is comes down to banks. Honestly. Right. It has to, which is, you know, it is what it is. It's not a secret. This isn't like, this isn't like some top secret information. People can follow the money trails very easily these days, but right. um, anyway, it connects to trillions of dollars that went missing from defense and domestic agency accounts. Oh. So basically all this money that people couldn't account for trillions of dollars. If you think about that shit yeah, went missing and um, essentially has gone to what she says to these black budget projects, which oh. are all secretive <laughs> uh, parallel financial. It's a way to pluck the financial financial industry out of an actual country yeah. and put it on its own playing field to where uh, all of a sudden, yes, because what's going on with, which is interesting, correlating you, with this video yeah, with all the TPP shit, like, okay. Uh, yeah. All that. Sorry. I shouldn't say shit because I'm trying to explain something serious and I don't want somebody who's, here's the word to be like, I'm not listening to this. Anymore. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. But the trans uh, Pacific partnership is TPP. It's a secretive multinational trade agreement that threatens to extend restrictive intellectual property IP laws across the globe and rewi- rewrite international rules on its enforcement. So basically, and I gathered a bunch of information on it. Um, it's after listening to Jen Briney on Congressional Dish, she did. Nice. A, she basically exposed when she was looking through these documents of like, why is Congress putting this shit through? Like, yeah. why are people doing all this fast track stuff? And come to find out, there's a company or an organization called the World Trade Organization, yeah. the WTO, which was created back in '95. After these, it was a multi-country. Uh, agreement, yeah. corporate agreement, right. I should say, right. um, that basically came together in the nineties, which is the backbone of what this, what the WTO stands on. Oh, okay. And so they kind of stand outside of governing law where they basically have all the money. If you think about it, the financial institutions right. own all the companies, they right. own all the investment firms, right. they own all the ways to well, create residual income. Well, that's what I was going to say. Like if you're, if you're a company or a corporation that has more money than any country, then you essentially are more powerful than that country because you can pay for more than that other country can pay for to enforce its laws. This came, this is a wonderful, uh, a wonderful story. The uh, KPFA radio, I did a a whole series. I was looking for the missing money that was disappearing from HUD and from the Department of Defense. So I'm thinking, how could they launder $4 trillion? You know, that's a lot. You can't launder that through a pizza restaurant, okay? So how could they, you know, what's the nuts and bolts of how they could launder this $4 trillion? So I find Enron, and here's this company who can't explain what they do other than it's very creative and innovative, and they've got huge revenues. And if you looked at their board, everybody sitting on their board were also the contractors running the agencies where the money was going missing. So I thought, well, hmm, this is very interesting anyway. So I'm researching this. Dennis Bernstein from KPFA Radio calls me up and said, would you do a show on Enron? And one of the things I was able to describe on Enron, because at that point I had gotten the outward-bound version of a PhD in civil procedures and civil litigation on financial fraud with the Department of Justice you know, being in litigation with them for 11 years. So I knew, you know, every excuse, I knew every story, I knew what was supposed to be, how they did things, what they could do, if they were willing to break the law, which apparently they were. And what I was able to explain was, if you look at all the things that are automatically in the manual to do in a case of financial fraud, the Department of Justice hadn't done any. So for example, we saw the Cayman Islands, there were 700 subsidiaries in the Cayman Islands on Enron, we saw the head of the Treasury in the Cayman Islands come out and give a press release and say they would be delighted to, to cooperate with the Department of Justice on the financial records on the 700 subsidiaries, but they had never gotten a phone call, a request, or a subpoena, so they couldn't cooperate because no one was calling them. So anyway, but I was able to prove that the contractors who ran the systems for the enforcement at the SEC and the Department of Justice had asserted control of the Department of Justice and SEC systems and were owned and operated by the people sitting on the board at Enron. So even though the Department of Justice and the SEC had not asserted control of Enron's records, the board members of Enron had asserted control of the enforcement records at the Department of Justice and the SEC. So this was the Mr. Global cartoon. And interestingly enough, the fellow highlighted here um, shortly thereafter was when Bob Rubin left the administration and went back to uh, 
running the Harvard Endowment, he put out a press release saying that guy had just resigned from the board. I suspect he learned about it in the press. You they, can enforce They become your outside rules. of the law of... They are the new law. They yes. would be the lawmakers of all the countries. And so what their goal is, and this is crazy, dude. This is straight from their site. And I, I dug into it because I was like, what is this crap? So um, basically, uh, well, first off, I'll just say this. Here's the 12 nations currently negotiating the TPP. TPP. Okay. So it's, it's the U.S., Japan, yep. Yep. Australia, Peru, Malaysia, Vietnam, New Zealand, Chile, uh, Singapore, Canada, Mexico, uh, and... Brunei Darussalam. Whoa. Yeah, I don't... Darussalam. D-A-R-U-S-S-A-L-A-M. Wow, Durusalem. I have no idea where that is. I don't either. Uh, the TPP contains a chapter on intellectual property covering copyright, trademarks, and patents. Since the draft text of the agreement has never been officially released to the public, we know from leaked documents, such as the May 2014 draft of the TPP intellectual property chapter, PDF that U.S. negotiators are pushing for the adoption of copyright measures far more restrictive than currently required by international treaties, including the controversial Anti-Counterfeiting Trade Agreement, ACTA. So basically what this comes down to, and I'll just jump to who they are, the World Trade Organization. These are all the countries that are basically, they're signing on to this whole agreement that right. is an extension of what became the Uruguay Round, is what it's called. Okay. The Uruguay round. Okay. So, um, okay. The world trade organization WTO is the only global international organization dealing with the rules of trade between nations. So they deal with all of the trade coming. Right. They, they're the middleman now is what they're saying. At its heart are the two are the WTO agreements negotiated and signed by the bulk of the world's trading nations and ratified in their parliaments. The goal is to help producers of goods and services, exporters and importers conduct their business. So who are they? Right. Who are the countries? Well, who are the world? Who are these people who are going to be on this new panel that okay. are deciding the affairs of the world? Okay. Okay. Um, there are a number of ways of looking at the World Trade Organization. It is an organization for trade opening. It is a forum for governments to negotiate trade agreements. It is a place for them to settle trade disputes. It operates a system of trade rules. Essentially, the WTO is a place where member governments try to sort out trade problems they face with each other. So in 1986 through 94, negotiations called the Uruguay, Uruguay, Uruguay Round happened, okay. which um, was the eighth round of multilateral trade negotiations conducted within the framework of the General Agreement of Tariffs, which is called GATT, G-A-T-T. So... Tariffs, quick, tariffs or taxes, you know, yes. for imports and exports. I remember that from, yes. from, you know, third grade history. Exactly. Yeah. So spanning from 1986 <laughs> to 94 and embracing 123 countries as contracting parties in quotes. Yeah. Uh, the round led to the creation of the World Trade Organization. So by all these com countries coming together, um, they created the World Trade Organization with GATT remaining as the integral part of the WTO agreements. So what is GATT? Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> it was a multilateral agreement regulating international trade. According to its preamble, its purpose was, in quote, um, the substantial reduction of tariffs and other trade barriers and the elimination of preferences on a reciprocal and mutually advantageous basis, period, end quote. Um, so it's basically like we're going to be the guys who are making sure it's fair. So no one's being taken advantage of, which, okay, again... Right. This is an organization that stands outside of any governments. Right. So they are in control of all trade, of yeah. all things right. across the globe. From these governments. That's not within the country. Each, everyone figures out their own thing. They oversee right. all countries' affairs on conducting business, which is essentially... It's a business telling businesses how they should run. Exactly. Um, Anyways, uh, let's oh, see here. No, I mean that's horrible, dude. That's that's it's interesting, man. It lasted okay until the signature by 123 nations of Marrakesh on April 14th, 94, of the Uruguay Rounds Agreements, which established the World Trade Organization. Okay, on January 1st, 1995, the WTO has been formed. So everything that's been happening since and up to, you, it makes so many other things make sense if you go what well why are people creating these kinds of laws and doing certain things right it's been a money grab like we, we talk about this all the time on the show about certain industries doing what they're doing like why would this company 
create such a poisonous product. Oh yeah, it's money grabbing. It's you money. see where all this money's going and people are now stepping outside of the, the society that you and I perceive. Like, yeah. okay, we're Americans. We live here in this country. It's now stepping outside of the traditional governing body, which is our own personal American government would now be, um, their, their affairs would be dictated completely by these, by this, uh, governing body of corporate, uh, figureheads, whoever they are, you know? Right. Right. Um, so what they stand for, and this is from their site. I, I'm taking this as a quote from their website, the world trade organization. This is who we stand for, who we are. This is what we're doing, why we're doing this. The WTO agreements are lengthy and complex because they are legal texts covering a wide range of activities, but a number of simple fundamental principles run throughout all of these documents. These principles are the foundation of the multilateral trading system. Okay. So it's literally, they're not giving you, they're not telling you much. They're just... Uh, it's look, saying it's, it's saying, hey, this is all really complicated. It's very Just complex. Trust us. We're going to throw some 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 hefty words at you and say that's an explanation. So the TPP Here's raises. A lollipop. So this is why we as people should care. And anyways, you can go to wto.org to read every document. You can literally read this right now. Yeah, you can go us. on their site. Yeah. So there's a section that says why we should care as people. I found this article talking about the TPP. Um, and they were saying that uh, it basically would raise uh, significant concerns about citizens' free freedom of expression, due process, innovation, the future of the Internet's global infrastructure, and the right of sovereign nations to develop policies and laws that best meet their domestic priorities. In some, the TPP puts at risk some of the most fundamental rights that enable access to knowledge for the world's citizens. So the U.S. trade rep is uh, pursuing a TPP agreement that will require signatory countries to adopt heightened copyright protection um, that advances the agenda of the U.S. entertainment pharmaceutical and pharmaceutical agent, uh, industries agendas, but omits the flexibilities and exceptions that protect internet users and technology innovators. Whoa. So basically what's going to happen is um, it's going to protect, uh, <laughs> it's going to further protect U.S. Entertain, the U.S. entertainment and pharma, pharmaceutical industries. So uh, the ways that honestly, where the most money is being made, which is medicine and, and I mean, it's a whole racket completely. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, dude, when movies are making billions of dollars now, I mean, that's insane. Yeah. I mean, right. When you have more than one movie in a year making a billion dollars, that's ridiculous. It's mind blowing. Ridiculous. So, uh, the TPP will affect <laughs> countries beyond the 11 that are currently involved in negotiations. Of course it will. It's because it's the biggest, it's the big eleven. Yeah, we're going to become the bullies. Everybody. It's you know, it's it's one of those. I watched uh, the movie Rat Race uh, a few weeks ago when I was back in Texas, and in the mo in movies like that, you always have this group of people <clears throat> chasing after one hunk of cheese, really, and one yeah. prize. And there's always the guy that everybody you never expect to be there. You know, he's not one of the top ten or twelve. He's he just happens to be you know the guy who's number nineteen down on the list. Yeah, but for yeah. some reason, he's there. He's in the running. There was one of those uh, countries in this TPP. So I mean, that's literally what I'm seeing is this round table that we all saw on the Death Star. You know, Darth I Vader mean, walks in, and and Peter Cushing's all there, and he's like, you know. So this was uh, this is what's happening. Looking I mean, all scary and shit. Uh, the things that you know I've been finding in the news about it, it's always been like these really buried articles talking about this stuff. Like, of course, no, the main. You know, we were looking at KTLA's site the other day. Every freaking headline was negative. Bad news. Bad news. Bad, bad news, news. Bad news. Nothing yes. to do with anything people should actually care about. No, which nothing is, enlightening on that website at that time. So you've got, you've got these people who are making these decisions behind shareholders' backs. They're being completely secretive about the documents. They're not releasing them. They want to release them several years after they're already signed. So this is, we're talking about people who are trying to fool everyone with what the details are, right. which is it's too complex for us is what they said. And, you know, just uh, do your they, thing, they people. Say, go no, to no, work. No, no, say that again. Read, read, read that, that part about being too complex again. The WTO agreements are lengthy and complex because they are legal texts covering a wide range of activities. Okay, right. So this is literally on their website as on an explanation site, yes. for what they are doing. Yes, it's on They're their They're writing site. these complicated texts. Well, shouldn't it be up to us or they're your not, shareholders That's the thing is they're not telling people exactly what's happening. They're not telling people that their countries are losing the ability to decide what is best for the people. Right. All of a sudden you are now being governed by a body of people who have literally 
own all the money. Like it, well, when people talk about the 1%, it's these people who are literally crafting these things. They're I've, lobbying their way into this position. It's ridiculous. It would literally take out, you know, one of the things that is kind of hopeful is people's awareness of this. Cause again, I don't know how deep all these things really go, but this is in, this is out there. Like this isn't some conspiracy theory. This is an actual thing happening. Yeah. Being created under people's noses and it'll be done under the guise. Cause honestly, dude, like <clears throat> this stuff is coming up where they're pushing these kinds of, it's weird to say agendas, but it is, they're pushing these laws very close to, uh, you know, the Pope coming here at the end of the month to speak about, right. uh, the state of the world and the climate and some big changes the world needs to embrace or whatever, based on his, in God's law or whatever he's going to say to the people yeah. to get them to believe him. Of course. Um, but it's just interesting to look up all these things and to finally go, wait, oh, that's what all this stuff is. That's what these people are doing. They've literally just, it's not even that big of, it's not even that, it's not hidden. It's, no. it's kind of embarrassingly, un, it's, it's out there. It would literally be an oversighting body of governors yeah. looking like legitimately like, oh, there's the culmination of everyone's conspiracy theory. There it is now. It's on paper. There's a trail and it's, you can follow it through every major media if you actually dig for it. Well, this, this group that's come together back in 95, it's already been signed on. I think it can be stopped, which is weird to think about. I think the ways to do it are people just becoming aware that, no, we shouldn't be signing these. And they're just laws that are being renewed. Yeah. So it's literally just um, ratifying a You know what? It's like, <clears throat> it's like me. I, I've noticed recently that I just let domains expire and renew that I don't ever use. I'm not going to use. I probably shouldn't hold on to. But I, for some reason, every year will have like these eight or nine different domains take $14.99 out of my account every... It's just ridiculous. Yeah. It's it's a ridiculous little... Um, like you already paid for it. So what's... what's Is the little bits <coughs> worth something? I mean... No. I mean, if I'm not using it, I should let it go. Uh, it, but that's the same, same kind of mentality for all these laws that have been in place and just keep getting auto-renewed and auto-renewed and auto Well, you know, that, I mean, that's the thing is they're purposefully being renewed. And that was one of the culminating things that blew my mind. It just to start with uh, that Catherine woman talking about the black budget was the fact that it makes complete sense that for that many years, and she explains it, we'll put the video on our, uh, on our blog, Okay. but it's fascinating, dude. It's like an hour and a half. She goes through exactly how in certain parts of that through the nineties, two thousands, um, what people were doing with the money that was going missing, what things were being used uh, what companies began and consolidated to literally just, it's just a strategy. It's a game. Yeah. And people figured out how to win the financial game and did. And so now they're trying to literally pass all these laws that put them, you know, just back to the old thing that was said. It, back to the old thing. What do you mean? Back to the old, at the head of the ship, the captains of the ship. Oh, I see. I see. Yes. You know, and it's, you know, the more we look into the technologies and how it's, everyone's being spied on, we're supposed to get used to it. And, I don't know how, I mean, I get it. There's a part of me that's resigned to it now, but yeah. at the same time, I'm like, that is still really fucking dark. Why? Why are we resigned to it? I mean, <clears throat> we, we should be resigned be. to the fact that it is happening, but it doesn't mean that we should accept it. And it doesn't right. mean that it's, yeah. it's right. You know, I mean, the, you've again mentioned a time or two, the responsibility of, of passing along this kinds of information. And that's, that's, I don't know. It's something that I, I think is very important. I mean, it's mostly boring. That's the thing is it's, it's boring, but the things that blow my mind is when I go, okay, I've been looking at all these things and now these dots line up as to what's happening. Okay. It's just not a big deal. It yeah. really is being hidden in plain sight. It's all these organizations com consolidating what happened with, uh, Enron. Like it was right. one of those major contract companies right. that did everything for everyone. Like if you have the money, we come in and we'll do all this for you. And that's anything from go into a country and rebuild the entire infrastructure after we blow it up and build, you know, whatever you need. Yeah. Um, they do these things. That's what they do. That's and what so Enron did. Private co contract companies, which essentially, uh, well, they're like a, um, investment firm. Okay. Right. Basically. Um, I'm sure they've, there's more specific things that they did. Yeah. Like starting, but, uh, but yeah, they essentially were such a black budget thing. They were shut down. I mean, they got shut down and people went to jail and it became like this thing. Bernie I mean, Madoff. Freaking uh, Bernie Madoff. Well, that was a whole different thing. That was a Ponzi scheme. Okay, was that running. was not. Okay, right, right, right. It wasn't okay. Enron, but I'm <laughs> sure he fucking knew those, some of those well, guys. Well, sure, right. Um, that whole Wall Street thing. Um, 
but definitely like uh people like him uh or uh what's his name who was guess who was on one of the board of directors of Enron at a, at a time Dick Cheney Oh of course so it's just like you see all these Wade oh these people in power it's just a corrupt system all tying it all back to narcos yes literally you're watching one corrupt side or another corrupt side literally creating their own fucking a you just said it with the talking about tulpas dude they're creating their own reality and the people who believe their side are just forcing their will upon everyone else to believe it and those who don't believe it they force the will upon the other opposite side you know yeah and it's just really strange it's all it's all kind of under this idea that ultimately this is the kind of state of beingness that humanity wants. Right. But I, I do question that sometimes. I'm like, whoa, seeing people make this stuff, like the WTO existing, I'm like, that's someone's plan. And they live, they are not living the life of someone who, I mean, if they've been around since 95, what have they done? They've been well, overseeing I mean, things the, since the, 95, Ian. That's the thing. They've been doing this since 95. So what about our world has been more just? What is better? What have they created that has solved world hunger and has allowed them to heal the idea of kings and queens. And that's not what they're about. They're about the confusing legal jargon. I mean, that's exactly what they said. They, they put it on their website. They are about creating laws having to do with business. They're not about humanitarian efforts. They're not about this and that and the other. They're just, you know, uh, it's, so the, it's, same with the, it's the same with the, they just the, want the money. They want to, they want everyone else to rot. It's the same with the federal they reserve. The I was going to say the federal reserve started in 1913, which I actually just watched in a, uh, another documentary about the Titanic. It was talking about, um, the, you know, the unexplored legends and stuff like that, but it was done by the Smithsonian channel and it's still a very safe documentary. Nice. We'll just, yeah, yeah. Not, you know, not going <laughs> into like the, the higher side chats caliber right. of, of fringe conspiracies. Gotcha. But, um, I, I was just remember reminded of the fact that, uh, they interviewed all the people from the universities that had a lot right. to lose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, no, I mean, he. I remembered, I was reminded of the fact that um, J.P. Morgan owned the White Star Line, and he had a big investment in the fact that they wanted to try and create this Federal Reserve System. And then, you know, elite dying on the Titanic, the ones that were most likely going to oppose the Federal Reserve and might have a, you know, stand a chance. All that stuff is all kind of connected, you know, and it's, it's things that my dad was saying, he looked up uh, stuff on the Federal reserve the other day and it's it was the just something that just happened and then suddenly everybody is just living under that particular system now um it's 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 bizarre it's bizarre to be almost well we are we're over 100 years on the other side of it now yeah and it's something that i wonder when the last time somebody questioned what the federal reserve was actually doing here you I know? mean, the federal zero, as far as we know, they don't tell people the truth. They're not transparent at all in any way, shape, or form. A lot of the money that's gone missing, the trillions of dollars that have gone missing, like insane amounts, dude, where it's like, you don't just lose that kind of money. You yeah. just don't. You yeah. just don't. Like, how are you running the world, or at least our economy, that is affecting the rest of the world? Like, how the hell can you lose track of that much money? Where is it going? Where did that money go? It, it just went didn't exist. somewhere, dude. It didn't exist. I mean, that's the thing that's very interesting about it is did it exist? Did it not exist? Or is it being put towards which that Catherine woman has yeah. led to believe based on her research yeah. who worked in a very high place um, that talks about just parallel budgets that are used for um, things that we're not allowed to know about, to be honest. Hmm. So it's really interesting shit. I mean, it's it's awesome to hear Jeez. someone who worked in it dealing with it and, yeah. and literally all she's doing is going around and just making people aware. She's telling people how they can, um, help with it through an actual legal, um, electoral process. Not, right. not some, not people getting angry. That doesn't do anything. Right. Cause a lot of times when you talk about this stuff, like even like I can get passionate about certain things, but that's the frustrating part for me is like, I know ultimately it's people just being aware of what's happening and what's being created in front of them without their knowledge of, what the implications down the road could be, especially right. people with children who are going to have to grow up way deeper into this stuff, you right. know, down the road. Well, that's, that's part of it. I mean, I, I'm listening to a, a, an episode of a very casual kind of hangout chat show. Um, and they have a guy on, uh, who is in, impressing me a little bit more and more than he usually does by his open-mindedness. You know, I mean, he's very aware that, that what's good for the working company corporation is what is preferred in this country and this and that and the other. So, you know, it's, 
it's in everybody's best interest to, to keep your head down and, and work and have a family so that you have to work and so that you have to do this and have to do that. And it's, you know, you, they make it very, people make it very appealing to have these certain things so that you stay inside this particular bubble. AT&T backed everybody into a corner to where you either pay more to sign on to a contract and pay them more money or you pay them less to eventually continue to pay them more and more and more every month. So it's, it's just, they're a, always trying to make more money. So it's right. always going to be a new angle. Oh, I remember their... what I was going to say. Oh, I'm nice. sorry. I'm listening. Go to into it. it. It's just distracted from, we Absolutely. get distracted from all of this stuff by all of the other stuff because uh, you know what? My sister-in-law, my brother and I, we moved cell phone carriers this past week and it's been, you know, it's been a, a, a nice experience to kind of move away from a big corporation like AT&T. Um, but in Who'd the process, to? Uh, it's a company called Credo. Um, could people sign up with you or something? Is yeah, it like they could. That kind of thing? They like, could. I, I, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I should, I should look into that. I did I like a Solovey thing a couple years ago where if you sign someone up under yeah, them, because yeah. they wrote a backbone of another company, yeah. I'm guessing that's what it is. Yes, they're 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 currently using the cellular structure infrastructure of Sprint's network. Yeah, dude. I mean, that's those are great business models because you can literally everyone's just kind of freed from their contracts essentially, right. and then you can if they tell someone else about it. Can people sign up under you? Or is Again, I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm sure they can. I'll take a look at it. Because I would I totally do it. If it's a better deal than what I'm paying at Verizon, Yeah, I'm sure. I would totally switch over Good. Um, if the service is great and I don't have to change my number. Yeah. You know, I would love to swap and give you some points. And then, Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. That would be awesome. Yeah, we'll take a look at it. So just in the spirit of entrepreneurship. Yeah, well. <laughs> um, okay, so we're, we're switching over to Credo Mobile. We've, mm-hmm. we've been and done it now, but my sister-in-law and I are talking a lot about, uh, you know, kind of the plans and how to best get our money's worth. And it became very clear to me at a certain point that whenever we find, whenever we're making any sort of move towards with a company or corporation, anybody who's got, you know, a business plan, um, anything that we think is working towards our benefit, they have already thought of, and they have found ways to make it not really any more beneficial to us this way as it would be this way. It's basically a self sustaining. I mean, that's what they're doing is it's the same thing. Like with Credo and these companies that are creating a, a, a healthy environment. Yeah. That's what happened with, you know, things that are going on with the TPP, what that's going to do is going to create an unhealthy environment. Cause it's been going on since the n- mid nineties yeah. and we're watching what people are, the lengths people are going when you undig these things to literally cover up this paper trail of just trying to take people's awareness and ability well, to see the truth away. And that is just, why would you want to be a part of something that was built by deceptive <laughs> Uh, behaviors. I mean, you know, movies I don't know like movies like Fight Club. I mean, the end of Fight Club is literally that covering up paper trails, erasing people's debt. Now, exactly. it's done in the guise of being for the people, for the everyman, but it is literally what's going on for the benefit of the people who actually have stuff to lose, not the people benefit who the gain. Field. Because why on earth would anything be presented to the people that we could benefit from that is going to tear down the people who? who hold all the cars right now. It can't be done. It has to be taken down from the inside. Yeah. Always. Every, every successful movie, every successful story, all this kind of stuff, you have to find a way to weaken the actual structure of what it is that you're doing. You will never, David never overpowered Goliath. He outsmarted him. Yeah. He, he flicked his balls. He did. He flicked him in the balls. <laughs> Pow. Um, big guy fall down. Big, big guy. <laughs> patting himself doing Fall the little uh, the little is. the suck it x yeah, yeah. wwf <laughs> bitches no um, i mean but that's so true i mean i don't know i mean it's one of those things i you know looking at it all because it can be a very dark road to, to look at and i know that but at the same time it does give me hope to think well man it's encouraging to know there's people who worked at these very high levels who are now seeing the truth for what right. is happening. Right. Whatever it is ultimately beyond our, you know, our galaxy, whatever is going on out there in the cosmos, who yeah. knows? But right here, we at least know the destruction we're doing or that's being done uh, against people on our soil all across the world. Right. It's just people who are crafting it and crafting their own fucking tulpas to become the reality of, how, of what we're supposed to accept. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't accept war. 
So why does war exist? You know, you start digging into that and one by one, you start pinging through all the realities of why these things actually exist. And it's quite, it's quite interesting to see companies like Lockheed Martin, uh, become the most powerful country companies on the planet. No, you were right. Country. I mean, they literally got all these defense contracts and dude, we're getting so much money. It's ungodly. They were given so much control to do all the, handle all these affairs for very high level, uh, branches of our, of our government and other various things. Wow. Yeah. It's insane, dude. It's a, wow. I mean, I don't know if this, I mean, we'll leave the resources on the blog if you want to check any of that out Please further, go but check it's it really out. fascinating shit. And it's honestly, it, it's stuff that people can be aware of that can actually make a difference voting. I mean, I'm, I'm still like when it comes to local voting, maybe presidency, it's all a charade. Yeah. But ultimately what I think matters is potentially, yes, if you can see things like this, and shoot them to the ground because right now we have not gotten a handle on the greed that's going on Right until like to handle that kind of governing body. I would want to trust them. And for that to come together through such horrific means, almost like a fucking gang. Yeah. I don't, I don't stand behind that. I don't think no. that's cool. I don't, I really just don't. And I think people need to be aware of that on a, on a broader level. You so. need to, you need to be aware of what is potentially going on because anything potentially going on is also potentially probably going on. You know, I mean, it's not necessarily to bring up movies as another reference. Cause I know those are fiction, but at the point in the movie, when the audience feels like one of the characters is cheating on the other, that's when the movie reveals that one of the characters is cheating on yeah. the other. So it's, it's just one of those things that if, if you can think, and if somebody else can think and, and conceptualize, Oh, you know what? this could be a separate explanation for why uh, these companies tanked or this and this happened yeah. or this explosion happened in China, then you're probably not the first person to think about that. Yeah. And the people who stand to gain the most from it probably thought about it too. And I mean, and that's, there's a lot of people just, I didn't realize this just throughout the nineties who were speaking up about all of this shit going on. And over time, it's when you're able to step back, it's like we learn in history it's always funny reading history in a book and I always imagine someone was living this at the time yes. that we're just reading about it like a storybook mythology or whatever in school. Because we have to take a test. Yeah. You, you learn about the Nina Pinta and Santa Maria and all the, all the conquistadors that went and they go discover the new lands and they're going, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We learn these stories, these adventures of these right, people, right. but you don't realize that they were actually slave trading. They, they were right. raping children. They were right. doing all sorts of crazy shit. Right. That's the story you don't hear that's the story we accept, but ultimately it's like, yeah, it's not a very bright story you want to teach kids. Well, right. I mean, it's, it's like Hans Christian Anderson and the, the Brothers Grimm, like those kinds of fairy tales. The original fairy tales are really kind of dark and, and adult themed. People you know? who care right now that do, are living right now and don't want to wait till they're 90 years old and right. look back, they're doing the research right now and trying to put all these pieces together so that they can make children, people aware of like, look, that's fine. Believe what you want to believe. But as long as you know the pieces and why every, the world we're living in is yeah. not just a, my a mystery and yeah. no one knows why all of a sudden no one has any power in their countries anymore and everything goes to shit because it's all being controlled by this governing body of people who own agriculture, pharmaceutical, everything. You're yeah. talking about complete... Ownership of your, the way, you know, am I supposed to of feel- Of the things that you are taking in as your personal experiences every day. As someone who does value, to a degree, my own individuality, yeah. that is a major threat to me being able to choose my own decisions based on, I mean, people trying to take, remove, remove labeling yeah. out, uh, away from people so no one knows what's in their food. Right. Who knows if the U.S. got a freaking cow from Canada that had mad cow disease or something, and all of a sudden they put a new sticker on it because it was in a farm here. There's literally degrees of separation with these right. animals. Right. And all of a sudden you take away the labeling. No one knows if the animal came originally came from Canada. So now, you're eat, now your family gets to eat potential mad cow. Mad cow beef. Without having any choice. I mean, that's, that's really fucking dark. It is. Me. It is. I don't know how to put it. but Well, it's evil. It's tulpa. It's, it's all Tulpa. <laughs> no, no. I mean, th dude, that's fascinating. I'm like, I want to know more oh, about well, yeah, that we'll stuff. Oh yeah, we'll put the, we'll put the, uh, we'll put the Tulpa story on the, on the, the website as well. That Let's do Am it. I a Tulpa? I, you know, people should read it and they should, they should kind of get the, the experience of kind of what this guy's thinking and feeling. Um, and you know, I don't know. I might, I'm going to read a little bit more about it cause yeah. it's a, it was a fascinating kind of topic. 
Yeah, I'm into it. Yeah. I'm all about it. Martin told me about it, actually. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, he introduced that topic to me months and months and months ago. We were talking about a, another long-term like film that I had, and he was like, oh, you know, it'd be cool if you were able to integrate this kind of topic oh, into it. Damn. And I mean, I, I, I could and we I should. wanted to do a horror movie. Well, I mean, it's... Uh, you know, I wanted to, but I never, I never really got around, you know, to kind of continuing that particular story. So, well, who knows? Who knows? I'll work yeah. it into something at some point. Yeah, I want to read the articles and that's cool. I'll, sh- I'll find some shit too. I right. love going down those rabbit holes. Anything <laughs> like that has the, to do with the paranormal or yeah, dude, it's I like love a it. hole in the dirt. It's a, it's a, it's a whole world of its own. Like these things, whether you can believe them or not, yeah. Just once you, once you tap into that fringe world, it's a whole different vibratory level of. You have to think without putting a wall around it. You know, you have yeah. to literally be willing to see Maddie's agreeing. She's like, you do, you do. <laughs> She's also. Hey. Come here. Well, thanks for listening this week, everybody. Yeah, guys, we want to uh, go out with a bang. So we've decided to sing individual songs about our favorite. About banging. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's fucked about banging. You bust out, you bust out with, I want to fuck you like an animal. And I'm listening, I'm, I'm regaling everybody with she bangs by Ricky Martin. You know, that's fucked up. Uh, Ian and I do not bang. We don't bang. Uh, and, and we're strictly business mates. Right. Yes. And, yes. Uh, yes, indeed. There's no passionate foggy scenes. Uh, speaking of foggy from, uh, from, from Daredevil. Daredevil. Yeah. <laughs> Which you, that's funny. You're saying that you breezed through uh, the, the first season of Narcos. So it must've been really good. It's great. You man. still haven't made it through Daredevil. Have you? No, I just couldn't finish it up. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I yeah. kind of lost interest in it. Netflix I, has a lot of good, you know, they have a lot of shows coming out, so they can't all be, all be winners. I'm not going to say it was foggy, but it was foggy. It was, it was foggy. I'm, I'm not, not going to say it was aliens, character. but it was aliens. Yeah, it was, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, do you know what a tulpa is? I've heard of tulpas. I read yeah. something on uh, I read something on Reddit the other day. I wanted to I wanted to like tell you about. They're like a ghost or an apparition or something, right? Like well, it's a, like a I don't know, like an imaginary friend. Like it's, okay. it's something that's like um, it's a, a an entity or a being or something like that. That's kind of like something you would brought imagine into brought into being. Yeah, using your your power of thought, like concentrating like on it. Whoa. Okay. So like if you're in a room. <laughs> Excuse me. And you're in the middle of the night, lights are off, and you just start imagining some creature standing in your room. You could just as much wow. that could be a tulpa that you've you've created. Well, but it's, physical- it's 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 it, when it when it breaks the barrier into actual physical, like you're not necessarily imagining it anymore. You're experiencing it. Oh, okay. Um, and and when it starts to kind of feel like and be a separate entity. I think that's when it's like crossed into being a tulpa. I don't know. It's a mind of its own. I, yeah. I'd like to do some more reading up on it because I, I, there are a lot of people who seem to, you know, be really into it, but then there are a lot of skeptics in terms of saying, you know, the original practice is this many years old and blah, blah, blah. Like a lot of the people now call their imaginary friends tulpas and they don't, you know, know how, how it's accurate it's like it all not is. not a word you learn. I didn't, hear of that word growing up did you well i was i was brought up in a very christian household so oh, i mean I we had you. things such as angels and demons and and On saints and stuff like that Diablos. so you know i would know the word tulpa no but the the concept of tulpa sure yeah you know interesting so i mean what did you find? Like, okay, so there's the, like this whole subreddit board. Yeah, Reddit, what brought this you know, up? That sounds terrifying to me. Reddit is like this whole, it's just a, a community bulletin board where people post stuff and people get to comment and, and everything like that. It's it's fun. It's a cool little community. Nice. But they have a whole one that's dedicated to, to tulpas and people talking about tulpas and Oh, shit. damn. Um, so there was one article that I was reading and it's titled, Am I a Tulpa? Oh. So basically it's this guy who's, I'll, I'll kind of paraphrase it. <laughs> He's just oh, standing shit. there with black uh, eye, like just, that was the Matrix noise when you know the the silver <laughs> stuff goes down. Neo, uh, yeah. yes, so that was, that was Chewbacca. <laughs> um, he's basically talking about how when he was a kid, he was kind of a very you know uptight, angry kind of person, very you know uh, violent. Not necessarily violent, but just uh, let's see. He killed animals. Aggressive, violent. Oh, yeah. It says, at that age, um, so he's talking about it like age 10. Uh, at that age, I was extremely aggressive and violent. I'd been kicked out of three schools for fighting, making threats, harming students. I was stubborn and argumentative and your typical problem child. And then he's talking about how he then created these these imaginary friends, these these spirit things that, that were kind of his buddies. Uh, and he, as a kid, had written down all their like personality traits and this and that and how 
you know, if they were a friendly person, if they were an authoritative person, if they were an angry person, blah, blah, blah. Had all these, like seven of them with all sorts of different oh, names. All right. Then at a certain point in his life, he he's talking about, let's see, he's talking about uh, some verbal and physical abuse that his stepfather had, had kind of uh, subjected him to. Um, and he, one of the, the tulpas he'd created, his name's Dizva. Dizva. D-I-S-V-A. Uh, said Dizva's a caring, loving, kind, and pacifistic. He was always described as the aspect of caring, compassionate, and healing. He often had a heart. He often had heart motifs on in his appearance or abilities. Oh, sorry. He often had heart motifs in his appearance or abilities. A stark contrast from the very combat-focused characters that made up the rest of the cast. So oh. all these, you know, he's so got. He was all surrounded these, by mostly wild. Yeah, kind people. of those people. And then Dizva was one that was very calm and said. It, when he was around 13, he stopped obsessing about all of them and kind of started to focus more on Dizva. And it was kind of a, it became kind of a moniker he would use. I would imagine like if he had social media, you know, his thing would be Dizva. Like, let's see his, this guy's, uh, yeah, this guy's, uh, Reddit username is Dizva. Interesting. So he starts using it as, as an identity marker for himself. He starts identifying and he notices that a lot of his angry, aggressive traits start to subside. He starts to get calm. He starts to be more open and, and everything like that. And I believe, uh, okay. In addition to this, there were a number of minor changes. I used heavily, I heavily used the color blue for theming, desktop backgrounds, avatars, etc. I began to despise the heat. So he used to use a lot of like, you know, warmer colors. I began to despise the heat and loved winter over any season by far to the point of spending all the time I could outside. If there was snow, um, and something else that happened, he became gay. He said that beforehand he had never he'd never been attracted to men. He'd always been attracted to girls, dated people, and everything like that. And then when he started identifying as Dizva, he became gay. He 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 you know started having those feelings and emotions, and he identified as gay. Uh, and he said over the past couple of years. Uh, he's gone back and started to see and, and, and take a look at some of like his old drawings and his old notebooks from being a child and everything. And he's starting to see that he has literally become this Dizva character that he created as a kid, you know, subconsciously. He didn't necessarily intend, but he's like reading through these lists and he's like, oh my gosh, that's now me. This is me. This is how I feel. This is how I identify, blah, 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 blah. So he poses the question here for people to, to, to comment and discuss on, uh, could I possibly be a tulpa? Could I have manifested my brand new identity and am now being inhabited by Dizva, who is somebody that I created and focused a lot of thought energy into taking over my uh, Interesting. my body? Does Dizva wear nine-inch neon green heels? Jeez. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, so what did people, how did they respond to that? Did well, you read I, through, like, I, responses? I didn't. I was going to kind of look through uh, a few of them on the air. But yeah, let's the, do it. The very first one, um, this guy, Seath Darkwraith, um, and he's got each, <laughs> each people, each of the people here. If you have a lisp, you're, getting, you're in good hands with right, that Right, right. Seem to have the name of their tulpas, you know, next to them. But he says, um, he's talking to Dizva. First and foremost, I agree it's entirely possible you are indeed a tulpa. There's something among this community that's often often considered a taboo, but hear us out on this. It's the topic of egocide. Egocide is exactly what suicide is, but only in the form of mental things, not physical things. One's mind dying out. One mind dying out, excuse me. This way, this the way this occurs is most, excuse me. The way this occurs most often is one mind slowly replacing the other that the the one in the front until the older one just dies out completely which you may have a case of, which being in an abusive family would make sense. Abuse tends to create depression, and the more severe the depression this bugs, this brings along suicidal thoughts. So it's possible that the original didn't want to face life anymore and put another mind in front instead. Interesting. Isn't that like crazy? He yielded his, his time for the rest of the clan. Like. Right. I, I can personally identify with, with elements of this because I've had, I've had experiences where where old aspects of me are no longer no longer living. Yeah. You know, it's like I carved them out of my personality. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's crazy. I mean, I didn't it's not crazy. It's very it makes a lot of sense cuz yeah, growing up you think about all the behaviors you used to have and yeah. it's always these it's like when when you when someone's like goes, "Hey, are you a good person?" and you have to literally scan yourself and go, 
Am I a good person? Do you? Do I think I'm a good person? Yes. I think so, yeah. I, I, I feel like I know I am a good person. Yeah. I don't always do good things, but I feel like I, I know myself well enough to know that I am a good person. I think a lot of my, um, the parts I struggle with sometimes whenever I think about that question mm-hmm. is just random thoughts I'll get whenever I like have an opinion about something. But then I'm always just like, who cares about my opinion? You know, you should, but that's the thing is like, well, I mean, yes, to a degree, but at the same time, it's like, cause it's your experience. So your, yeah. your opinion, the way that something makes you feel, how you react to it is very important to you. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's important to anybody else. Right. But that's, you know, I guess that's why people tell stories because you're trying to, you're trying to elicit a particular reaction in somebody yeah. in the most universal way possible, which well, it's is kind a of response. It's right. Yeah. It's feeling, uh, I mean, dude, it's cosmic shit. It's literally one consciousness pinging another one, trying to get a response. No. I mean, one heart, let's get, get together, together and feel all right. We brought Bob back. Okay. Um, <laughs> damn, that's incredible. That's a great story. I mean, it's it's kind of cool, yeah. And that was, that was something I found on Reddit. Just like browse randomly on that stuff. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. You get him, Maddie. You get him, girl. Uh, so for this week on Hi Dare, I'm Ian. And I'm Joe. And uh, it was aliens. We gotta, we gotta go. Follow us on Twitter at Hi Dare Pod. And get your ass online because uh, Hi Dare.com misses you.